a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody! (laughs) Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we recap the week in politics like we're watching reality TV. Oh, reality TV, I miss you. Mm. Every night when I scroll past Housewives Mm. and try and remember what channel CNN is, (laughs) I ask myself, why am I on a political podcast? (sighs) (laughs) What a wonderful question. Well, I think it's because you have a journalism degree. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, um, that's true, actually. Mm -hmm. It is. People might not know that about you. That's so weird. Um... But, I mean, let's be real. I wasn't trying to, like, stand on the side of the road like Anderson Cooper while bombs are dropping on Baghdad. I was just, like, trying to go to movie premieres with George Clooney. Oh, I can imagine you, though, in Baghdad. Just like, ugh. (laughs) What is even happening here? You guys, cut the shit. Well, (laughs) I have a Bachelor of Science degree in theater education, so I'm not qualified to do anything. Well... Strangely, that was a revelation. The fact that it was theater education and not theater. I thought I knew everything there was to know about you, including the pH of your vagina. Oh. But um, now that I know it's theater education, Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you. But it seems that maybe if you can then teach, that's the point of that degree. No. no. <laughs> oh, you can't. No, I can't. That's so weird. Who no. let you major in that? Uh, no, I can't. I tried. I did try. There were times, that, you know, they make you. So, yeah, you have to teach. as Right. Yeah. And I just like, at, at the beginning, I cared. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, these. <sighs> They're young <sighs> minds. Yeah, and we're doing <laughs> theater and stuff. And yeah. But then you realize, no, I don't, I don't care because this isn't going to get yeah, me well, a TV you had, show. You had to set the tone for your life, which was not caring. Right. Mainly. And also. <laughs> <laughs> about other people. Right. About children. <laughs> And mm-hmm. also the, the the theme of how am I going to get a TV show and or make a lot of money? Yeah, paid for real. Right. Which, of course, it's... Uh, Teachers don't <laughs> get paid enough. It it's sad. It's wrong. We're going to somehow take that on on this podcast. But not today. No. Because what's important mm. right now mm-hmm. is for you to know. Yeah. That while I was wrong, I don't know what of our of our 14 listeners, um, <laughs> I probably we probably went up a few... Heard last week, but um, Julie had a full time of her life telling me how I was wrong. <laughs> it um, was the time of my life. Ah, um, well, unfortunately, that was short-lived, <laughs> um, Mia Moore, because oh. is it Amore? I don't know. Amore's good. Okay. Or Amore. Well, my love. Ah, uh, my love. <laughs> my love. Yes, my love. Guess what? What? Um, Governor... Ohio Governor John Kasich vetoed the heartbeat bill, bitch. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure the the term used was John Kasich is, and I quote, staunchly pro-life. He is. 
And which and then remember what was my point of view was that oh that's just a that's just a hot button issue that they all use to group themselves together while they're trying to be elected. Oh, Julie's pulling up her laptop. No, I need to see. She's furiously looking for the link. <laughs> Is this true? Could this be true? Could I know. Be I true? believe you. I just need to know what's going on. And um, I, my theory, you guys, for all of you who think I'm wrong and two in the middle, is that they use these issues to group each other together for ideologies, purposes, and get votes from, you know, religious, you know, people. And also, by the way, I don't like the term pro-life. What are we, pro-death? What are we, pro-killing of babies? No. Well, that's what they're saying. Yeah, well, it's all semantics. Like, we're pro-choice and you're pro-life. Well, you know, we're pro-life too, our lives, and we want control of our shit. But he vetoed it. The Democrats or the pro-life people are piast. He did pass um, the ban on abortions after 20 weeks, which is for 8, 12, 16, five months, I think, for 8, 12, 16, for 8, 12, 16, 20. Yeah, it's five <laughs> months. Jeez. Um, that is actually the, the, the strictest abortion rule in the country. So I don't know. I mean, I'm quite frankly, maybe I'm pro-life because I started thinking if you can get an abortion at six months, that's, that's a little aggressive. That is a lot. I would like, well, I imagine there's parents who want to have abortions when their kids are 10. Uh, okay, yeah. The, no, the, I agree with that. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But um, I think six months, unless, you know, if, unless there's something wrong or. I'm assuming that would be the reason why someone would have an abortion okay. after five or six okay. months is because well, either you found out your baby has half a head or right. is going to be horribly retarded in some way that's unmanageable yeah. or you're going to die. Or they might die or you might die in childbirth. Right, you might die yeah. or whatever. Um, well, I'm perfectly fine mm. with, with four months um, as the thing. And, I mean, there's other bad stuff with that. But either way, he vetoed the heartbeat bill. I was right. Sometimes, most all the time I am. And I was right in that case. <laughs> most all the time you are. That is correct. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that because uh, that is very, very weird why he would do that. And I also want to say, too, it was on none of the news because you know Julie, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, Fox. So I watch a weird, bizarre network called One America News, um, which we'll get into in a couple weeks when we do our news special, New Year's news special. But it's – I've just recently found out is super, super crazy over-the-top conservative, and they were the only ones talking about it because the news is completely um, – you know, they all have their agenda and they don't want Democrats don't want to know, don't want, you know, everyone to know that that got vetoed. They want people like you to stay still pissed about it and oh. not know that it's not there anymore. I right, think. right, right, right. I'm trying. There's something shady has to be going on and I'm going to find out what it is because there's no there's something there's something, right. well, something got to be going on. Okay. But that's good. I'm glad but that no, but I was it. right. Let's get let's 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 let's. Right. You are right. Don't look at the computer screen anymore. I need you to look me in the eye and tell me. <laughs> yes. You were right. He vetoed the first part of the heartbeat bill. Well, the heartbeat bill was the horrible one. Now, let's keep it pushing, bitch. <laughs> um, we are able to drink again. Oh, uh, yes. And thank God. Because even though I was right, 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 hashtag right. <laughs> we'll see. There was also <laughs> something that happened in this week where I was wrong. And if I couldn't drink again, which I haven't yet, but I'm going to tonight, I couldn't get through it without whiskey. Mm. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, I was just got so depressed that I was wrong about abortion, but now I forgot I was right again. Uh, we're going to rehash just how wrong you were right now in the eye of the shitstorm. Now it's 
time for Eye of the Shitstorm, a weekly segment where we become real-life shitstorm chasers who are looking for the week's biggest piece of shit. <laughs> and this week it was definitely a two-shit combo platter. Mm-hmm. It's Donald Trump and his new Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. Wow, did I predict that wrong? <laughs> you did. You Ugh. sure did. I'm so over being wrong. Well, okay. All right. All right. All right. So you told me over a week ago that you that you know they that Donald Trump was considering this guy Rex Tillerson, mm-hmm. and you were of course in a full meow meow <laughs> meltdown mode, and you were just texting furiously, and this guy, and he's head of Exxon, and and in my defense, yeah. They had been talking ad nauseum about Mitt Romney for like two months. I mean, or at least, at least six weeks. And it was like, of course we knew they were going to pick Mitt Romney. So I was like, this is just, I mean, this guy was so outrageous that I just thought this is just another attempt to, uh, with Donald Trump to dick the media around. There's no way in a million years he's going to pick a guy this outrageous. Right. Of course. Right. Well, they also had that whole thing where they pretended it was going to be Petraeus, and there was like all the the parade of who's it going to be, the Secretary of State. Roo, roo. So yeah, I got it. You didn't want to you didn't want to be, be manipulated, so you refused to believe it. Right. So I'm not going to say that you were wrong. Thank you. Because there's no right or wrong in this situation. You know, uh, you just invalidated everything I said about it, and then made fun <laughs> of me for getting angry about it, and then it turned out that basically. You were wrong. <laughs> oh, my God, you bitch. Well, let, please, let's not dwell on it. No. All no. right. So this guy, Rex Tillerson, let's d- break down the old T-Rex. <laughs> you, I mean, you like dinosaurs, so. I know. Is a T-Rex bad or good? You know, I started out thinking he was horrible. No, but I mean an actual T-Rex. Oh, well, I wouldn't want to be around one. Oh, they're mean. Yes. Okay, I never know which ones are mean and yeah, which ones are the, nice. Yeah, that's the big famous dinosaur that with the tiny arms and the... You with know a big I mean? eye from Jurassic Park that yeah, opens? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Yeah, that great. eats everything. Well, and, yeah. I kind of like that name, Rex. It's so cute I for a little too. boy. I like, t- I like T-Rex. <laughs> it's so cute. All right, so tell me about this guy. All right, so this guy was the C- was as of just months ago. He just retired. He's no, a, honestly, like a, I thought like, like literally, two weeks ago. Like literally, they were like, you're going to be Secretary of State. And he's like, oh, fuck, I better retire from <laughs> running fucking Exxon. Uh, CEO of ExxonMobil since 1975. ExxonMobil, in case you don't know, is the world's sixth largest company by revenue. Ooh. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Um... There's speculation that Tillerson will never pass a Senate vote, so there's that. As many Russian-phobic Republicans, like John McCain and Lindsey Graham, are arguably every Democrat in the Senate will vote against him as Secretary of State. So there's a little Republican faction and then all the Democrats that are going to be like, no, honey, no. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. Right. Though uh, this is just theorizing. Um, Now, on the positive side... Of T-Rex. Oh, are, are you going to give the positive or should I? Because okay. God knows. Okay, no, if you want to, go do ahead and you, give the positive. Do you have a positive note? Yes, the positive note is that he, uh, because of his 41 years of experience in dealing death around the world, he's met tons and tons and tons of, um, he's been, he's an international, he's an international globetrotter. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be a, a neophyte. Right. If there's anything good to say about the guy. It's that he has experience dealing with very unsavory types, as you do when you're dealing in oil and right. fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, for years, he's got relationships with all these nasty fucking guys. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, I doubt Hillary Clinton's rolling in and talking to, like, Saudi princes. And I'm sure she's just like, you know what? Why don't you go stick your dick in a light socket, you piece of shit? And he's going to go in there like, you know, he's known these guys. He has relationships. And 
if for me, that's one cool thing because I don't have to be embarrassed by the person who's right. – if it was Mitt Romney, and by the way, and no offense, but John Kerry too, and by the way, Hillary Clinton too, because she's <laughs> not a cool dresser, to go and represent America, and I need somebody who knows what's up. I didn't understand John Kerry, I'll be honest. That yeah. that that I don't get. I would not want to be – this tall thing with a long <laughs> face walks in. Yeah. It's like Why the long face, John? I know. We're going to talk about <laughs> international partisanship. When he talks, it's like I don't even I don't even get it. Well, so that's the that, that is, is the a positive. That's the positive. That is a positive. That is true. Okay. Um, now he also has an incredibly close relationship with Vladimir Putin. We um, we decided his name's Putin. Yeah, now, guys. Yeah, his name is Vladimir Putin. <laughs> um, Exxon has a seven hundred twenty million dollar joint venture with Rosneft, run by Putin's friend Igor Sechin. Igor. Igor, he sounds nice. He doesn't kill people. Oh, no. Rosneft is here for you. Sir, we have it here. You may, I'm going to bring it for you now. We have it for you. Hi, my name is Igor. Oh, I want Igor to be my assistant. Yeah. That deal's been put on ice, however, since the White House sanctioned Russian oil and gas companies in July of 2014. So you think that now... T-Rex is going to roll on and be like, woohoo, lifting sanctions, yes. bitches. Yeah, I, my problem with him is that that is exactly what I think. Because his legacy with his with with Exxon is that he started that other little company called XTO Energy. Not little. Cost $31 billion in stocks. And they love doing fracking. Their the whole thing is shale energy. You get shale, we now know, by fracking. And all of us in the world, because we watch documentaries and that's how we learn stuff, mm-hmm. is from and that Matt Damon one. Right, the Matt Damon movie. Yep. <laughs> and basically when you frack, when you frickin' frack, <laughs> the gas that they shoot under the ground, you know, that comes back up, kills the farms. It All the ground Gets water, the water around the area is polluted. So all the kids, all the little animals, mm-hmm. all the vegetables, mm-hmm. everything surviving on the water dies. now has, you know, three eyes and, you know... <laughs> Shit like that. People's farms literally explode and catch on fire, and it's horrible. It's, t- it's terrible for uh, the environment. Fracking is and terrible. We, so, and we read that Rex Tillerson, because he made the decision for Exxon to put $31 billion in stock in this company, mm-hmm. he, that's sort of his legacy, and right. he does not want to see that fail. But now I think maybe Secretary of State might be his legacy, so... Good point. Maybe, perhaps. Maybe, maybe, perhaps, perhaps. But my fear is that it isn't. You know, know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I understand. I, I, your fear, fears are valid. And I'm certainly going into it not giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm giving them the benefit of the not the doubt. And you shouldn't. So um, my challenge with him is, yeah, is he going to be a diplomat or is he going to be a deal maker? And is he going to be a deal maker for his own self and for Exxon and for Trump and all these guys who are involved with oil and gas? Because they all are. And yeah. they're all talking about you know, how we got to get jobs back and the jobs that they want to get back are in oil and gas and shale and coal, every single horrible thing that's wrong to do. That's how they want to make their money. So is he going to make deals that are going to benefit those people? I believe he will. Um, I think, what else? Uh, My opinion on it is that it's okay that you aren't giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's obviously completely shocking and, like I said, outrageous that this guy is... um, you know, Secretary of State. Um, I feel like it's just with Trump, it's like, you know, I've told you this, I feel he thinks he acquired a failing company right. that he's now going to build back up into this huge success. And right. he's looking at America like that. So he's putting all these people in place that can do that. And while I, like I said, I'm glad he's not, you know, some international neophyte, I am glad about that. With Trump, it's like he said he was going to, you know, ban 
uh, government officials from becoming lobbyists for five years and forever becoming international lobbyists. And the irony about it is like these people that he's putting in these in these cabinet positions, they they're heads of companies that have such special interests that he's almost making lobbyists into government officials. And it's just mm-hmm. it's that is what's alarming everyone. It's like his special interest is so clear. It's so clear cut that how could you not go after that? That's like putting you in a position um, called, you know, um, human rights and not thinking the first one you're going to go for is women and then gays. Like, right. you can't stop yourself. It's no. It's what you do. And so right. he's not going to be able to go against his nature, which is fossil fuels, fossil fuels, fossil fuels for life. Yeah, how could he not? He's been doing it for 41 years. Yeah. I just don't think he can. I don't think he's capable of it. I don't. So, yeah, so great. And wait, here's my last thing that I want to say to mm. people before you go, and I'll give you the last word. Oh, like okay. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Mm. Um, if you're scared like Julie, this is advice to you too, mm. um, meow, meow, Okay. Um, do what I do, which is, um, first of all, ask yourself, did you ever know anything Hillary Clinton did besides, let's say, Benghazi or John Kerry or any other Secretary of State? Did you know one fucking thing they did? No. You no. didn't. So you weren't concerned. <laughs> you didn't know what the hell they're doing over there. So try to tell yourself, we're never going to, we're going to lose interest and be like, what's for dinner? And um, is fried chicken bad if we use like um, quinoa as the breading? Well, I don't know. It's bad for me. I'm so, allergic to quinoa. <laughs> so, I cannot eat quinoa for the life of me. I don't know why. So try and just do that. Tell yourself, you never cared before. So. You know, try and go back in, bury bear right. your head back in the sand. Right. I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a, 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 a little, I had inches of trust for those people before because yeah. I thought that they literally did, even though everyone's glad handing and all that shit, I did have a little bit of trust and I just don't trust him or um, his values or that he would put the needs of human beings and do the right thing. I just don't. And you're so. right. And anyone who runs a company like that is morally corrupt. You can't help it, man or woman. And you know yeah. what I mean? That's what's up. So, Really quick, the last time the Senate blocked a presidential cabinet nominee, and he may be blocked, yes, he has a lot of opposition, true. was the old George Bush, father George Bush, his candidate for Secretary of Defense, John Tower, was voted down after months and months of hearings in 1989. And the reasons cited were issues with his personal life, including alcoholism and womanizing. <laughs> That's a joke. And concerns <laughs> over possible conflicts of interest. So, being that Tillerson has a major conflict and conflicts of interest, there's a good chance he'll be the first cabinet nominee rejected in over 25 years, and that's why T-Rex Tillerson is this week's Eye of the Shitstorm. Looking cute And feeling cute What you gotta do now it's time for a new twist on an old segment. Old. Now that we've been doing this is the third episode. It's old. Instead of gay guys and their feelings, this week we have moms of gays and their feelings, featuring my mother, Phyllis Goldman. <laughs> No, what's funny about this segment is that when we imagined it, we thought it was going to be people, gay guys, expressing their feelings about life since everything went trump Yeah. Turns out most people have been excited to express their feelings about this <laughs> podcast. Hey, Julie and Brandy. I loved, loved, loved your, broad, your podcast. I can't wait for more. But while talking about Trump, why not talk about his hypocrisy? Both he and his daughter, Ivanka, have manufacturing business outside the U.S. If he wants to uh, make America great again, 
why not practice what he preaches and bring back his own businesses? In my opinion, Trump is only concerned about two things. Trump and making more money for Trump. That's all I have to say. Good luck. Snap. Damn. Phyllis don't play. She kept it succinct. Did she write that out? She needs to do this. Po- fuck this. Let's quit. Let's have your mom come do the podcast. <laughs> no kidding. Um, she is pissed. Ivanker. Ivanker. <laughs> yep. Ivanker. <laughs> she, there's two things Trump is, uh, is, cares about. Making money for Trump. More money for Trump. And Ivanker. Shh. Well, she was very articulate. And it's what a, a catch that Phyllis. And it remain and I, and it's uh, important to note that I'm very proud of my mom because she hates Hillary Clinton and didn't want to vote for her and was yeah. against her completely. Want you know like like literally to the core. She just yeah. in her heart she didn't, she didn't want Hillary Clinton, but she went and she voted for her because she knew that was the right thing to do. So very yeah. Proud well, of I her mean, you learned all year like you know women's empowerment shit from phyllis oh you know what i mean oh she's yeah the, she's she's raised you she's that the way ridge. yeah she, really she is. is the ridge i mean i thought it was she was right about everything she said yeah i think she was right about and everything she said too <laughs> i hope she's not mad at us for i hope she still likes the podcast giving even. a pass well, she to said Ivanka. she liked the broadcast she does like the broadcast <laughs> and i do also want to say not for nothing just to uh, pat for on our own backs uh, she called me, she left a, 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 a comment on Facebook and then called me to tell me that she liked the broadcast. And I just want, and, and she knows, she knows, there there has literally been probably not much of anything in my career that she's really well, enjoyed. You, you were on a TV show, which many she TV shows actually. Like, yeah, which, but the most recent one, you know, it's unwatchable, Julie. That's unwatchable. people's couch for you guys. Right, unwatchable. <laughs> so I was so happy that she called to say that she loved this broadcast. It makes me feel so happy. Yeah, so you were very excited. You screenshotted her Facebook message since I don't do Facebook. <laughs> sent it to me and I was like, oh my God, Phyllis heard me cussing and talking about drugs? God forbid. The next time she's going to hear me say how I think your dad's hot. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I know. She stopped listening, Mom, because Brandy thinks my dad's hot. She, literally, she was like, I'd make out with him. I'm like, shut up! <laughs> You're disgusting! God! Uh, <laughs> Ew! Mm. He is very handsome, and people do say I look like him. Yeah, that's right, and you do. <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. All right, don't worry. That won't be the last time you guys hear from Phyllis. We are definitely going to have her on again to do Moms of Gays and Their Feelings. Now it's time for a brand new segment called You Might Not Have Noticed. But this is fucking tragic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this might be my favorite thing we've ever come up with and everything we've ever done. This is the part of the show where we tell you about the things in the news that you may have missed, but they are too tragic for us to ignore. <laughs> okay, so who's first? Uh, Carly Fiorina. Oh, my God. She's so fucking tragic. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I just like saying and hearing you say it's fucking tragic. Um, all right. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know who Carly Fiorina is, <laughs> she was one of the presidential nominees when there were five thousand Republican nominees during yeah, the she, presidential campaign. She was campaign. the lady. She was the one lady. Um, <clears throat> she was. She was also the CEO of Hewlett Packard, and they forced her to resign um, because the stock basically like went down, and then the board hated her, and they forced her out. She it then, went down because she ran. Uh, no, no, no. They had, oh. they had, she had, she had been fired before that. Oh, okay. Um, that well, was just you know like one of her things. The ladies in charge, but yeah, go no, on. They couldn't handle it, and <laughs> that was one of the things when they were d- in the debates. Trump would be like, "Uh, you were fired." 
<laughs> like everyone hates you. Um, she then became Ted Cruz's running mate. That rat. Gross. That rat. Um, and she joined. Uh, so, so this is why sh- she's tragic. Uh, she joined a group of Republicans who opposed Donald Trump. Like she went on the offense, like major, major, major offense. And um, she literally, there's a tweet, Donald Trump does not represent me or my party. I understand the responsibility of Republicans to support their nominee. Our nominee has weighty responsibilities as well. Donald Trump has manifestly failed in these responsibilities. Today, I ask Donald Trump to step aside and for the RNC to replace him with Governor Mike Pence. I, like, tried to do an impression, but I then thought, I failed at it, too. No, I All thought right, so, we don't know what she sounds like. I mean, I don't, but that um, was good. That was her tweet. I don't know about manifestly failed. I need to look up to see if that's the right use of that. So <laughs> um, so she worked really hard to get Trump replaced and was, you know, saying how she did. And was ignored because no one gave a fuck about her. Now, also, <laughs> it's important to uh, know that she's the one, d- during the debate, Donald Trump said to her, about her, Look at her face. Who would vote for that? So then she comes back, and then they're at the debates, and they want every journalist wants to bring it up with the thing with her face. And she's like, "I think we know what he meant." And the thing, and he was like, and then he goes back, and he's like, oh, "I just want to say that her, she's a beautiful woman." I mean, it was just like so <laughs> gross. It was so gross, Stop. horrible, disgusting, and he completely fucking like, you know, kept demeaning her, demeaning her. Well. Turns out, sweetie. I mean, she was already tragic, but turns out, sweetie. Oh, oh she was already <laughs> tragic. Just so tragic. Okay. Turns out, sweetie, she meets with him for a cabinet position and then goes on TV to say that she thinks that he'll be a good president. So, Carly Fiorina, you are fucking tragic. Yeah. How dare you? You, you, you're, you betrayer. Yeah. I mean, and I know that they're all, we know the Republican turncoats, they're all Paul Ryan, Reince Priebus, Ben Carson, Mitt Romney. All of them saying Donald Trump was unfit and all sorts of other sundry things. Sundry? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, of course, the, all the rats came running back out the tunnels to get their jobs. But to me, she's the worst because it shows to me how she has zero integrity. Oh, you know, she went to the meeting like, you're right. You know what I am? I can be unattractive. I can. My face sometimes. <laughs> it depends. And when I wake up, I try not to be. But, I mean, just have some dignity, madam. Have some dignity, Jesus. madam. Like, you know, have some dignity. That is just really disgusting All right. so and tragic. So is there anything else we might not know about, but it's fucking tragic? Uh, yes, we do. Wait. Yes, we do. Yes, 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 we do. Uh, this <sighs> is tragic. Um, the new ambassador to Israel. I absolutely don't know anything about this. Well. Is this a cabinet? <sighs> this is a, an appointed Yes, appointed an appointed advisor. position. Okay. His name is David Friedman. Now, I'm. Okay, so. Here's the thing. Jewish. Yes, I am Jewish. <laughs> the ambas- this, this, I read this out of a, a thing about the ambassadorship to Israel. The ambassadorship to Israel is one of the most sensitive ones of all the cabinet. As we know, Israel and Palestine, this is me talking now. As we know, Israel <laughs> and Palestine out of a thing. is like dealing with actual toddlers with guns and bombs, okay? And you best be careful when dealing with all of these assholes. I'm pro-Israel, but I'm also like pro-everyone living and being alive oh, and that's not nice. being assholes. Pro-life. I am pro-life. You know, and er, no one alive has been able to bring peace to Israel and Palestine. No one, not one diplomat, not one. And anyone who has tried has been murdered. I mean, <laughs> so it's it's just, it's it's a sad, sad, sad sack, of course. Now, this guy is an Orthodox Jewish bankruptcy lawyer from Long Island. Is Orthodox with the curls coming down? That's Hasidic. Okay. He speaks Hebrew and has an apartment in Jerusalem. He's a staunch Zionist, and he does not believe in a two-state solution. And that's why this is fucking tragic. 
Because if you don't, if you're going, he's going into it only pro-Israel and nobody else. Okay. So that makes it tragic. If you, to me, a diplomat has to be, you can have your That's exact interest. opposite of the definition of a diplomat. Right. You should have your interest and America's interest. and. But we know now that Trump's favorite thing to do is put people there who have only a specialized interest. Yeah. And they're absolutely... Um, have a completely opposing view to the cabinet position they are pointed to. He wants to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which is very controversial because Jerusalem, of course, being the... That's where Jesus was born. Right, which is why <laughs> the Republicans, I think, like Israel so much because oh. they're very conservative Christian and that's why I think they're very pro-Israel because all of the... All the three major religions, major, like, shrines and temples and churches are all there. So that's why they all have a stake if in it. If you did that Jewish thing where you go and do the thing where you go there? Yeah. Oh, Aliyah? Yeah. Would it be to Jerusalem? That would one, that would be a place you'd go, yeah. Okay. You'd definitely go there, yeah. Is it more fun in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem? Tel Aviv. Okay. Well, Tel then it should stay there. Yeah. No, it's more fun. <laughs> and, I, and obviously, and I'm trying to put my feelers out to people that I know who either live in Israel or have family there what they think of him and so far they're not feeling him because he's too conservative and he's too right wing and they don't people in Israel just want to live in Israel they don't want to occupy Palestine they want to just live and well, this guy's going to go if we know anything go, about you it's that you don't like when anyone's like an ex fundamentalist or no, extremist in any way no so he to me is tragic because he is fundamentalist and he is extremist and I don't think that's the right way to go for a diplomat especially for Israel and Palestine alright well I have a thing that people might not know about and it's not important at all but it is so extremely fucking tragic I can't just not say it quickly. Go ahead. Okay, so because of Trump's victory, mm. California <laughs> as a state is trying to secede from the union. I mean, California is trying to become its own country. Well, now this is a group of people trying to do it, Fine. not the actual state. But, yeah, but they are putting it on our ballot Which to is vote. In 2019, yep. now my family moved, to, I'm born and raised in Southern California, my, I'm a California girl, my parents, my family moved to Texas when I was a junior in high school, because they are assholes, <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, so I'm obviously screwed up for life, however, Texas is one of the only other tragedies <laughs> that tried to secede and thinks they're their own country, it is like the worst type of attitude to have, it's a total separatist attitude, mm -hmm. and it's gross. And by the way, I wish eye rolling made a noise because it would be so loud right now. We saw the guy who's heading up, oh. who's heading up oh. this group. Oh my God. He was so embarrassing. So Me embarrassing. Julie, like almost couldn't even make eye contact while we it's were like, watching. Like we want to shashid from, we want to shashid from America because America just, it's just not right anymore. It's just not fair. And California can be its own, its own country. We're gonna be. And a, then it's like, well, sir, will you have a military? Arr. We haven't discussed those well, issues. Well, we haven't really gone down and had that meeting, but, you know, I mean, whatever a country has, we're going to have. Yeah, he's like, we want the borders open, and then oh, yeah, the, the interviewer's like, well, you know, it's like, well, then what's to stop with no military? Like, Tijuana's just going to, you know. Make California a parking lot. Right. Well, so. we haven't really got, we haven't really um, had that meeting either, but we just think that California as a country is really, we just going to come together, and it's going to be fun, it's just going to be cool, <laughs> yeah, well, and, like, we're going to smoke weed, and exactly. we're going to just, like, you know, walk around with flip-flops and stuff. But the good news is if the if the doors are open to Tijuana, we can get our pills much easier. That's true. But other than that, we'll be voting for that in 2019. And other than that, that is, all those things are oh, tragic. And it's yo. called Cal Exit. Yeah, it's Cal called Cal Exit. Exit. All right. Let's talk about the Week in Trump tweets. 
okay, I'm so fascinated by his tweeting. I know his tweeting is a whole thing, but I'm not fascinated because he tweets all the time because mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with it because mm-hmm. I want to hear from his weird ass. But <laughs> um, I just don't understand where he finds the time because I feel like we don't even tweet that much, so I don't get where he finds the time. And Van Jones was like on CNN, and he said he tweets like my kids do. I, I, exa- I feel like he's sitting in the meetings, and he's got his phone out, and they're talking about national security, which he's clearly bored by. <laughs> and he just goes on there and starts tweeting. He's like, yeah, or like, hold on, Don. Hold on, Don. Don Jr., hold on. And then so he just you, tweets. you think he uses a phone and not an iPad? I do. I sometimes wonder what he uses. I feel like he would use a phone because it's more discreet and an iPad. He'd have to do like major finger. Oh, yeah. Do you think he's got that big ass iPhone since he's tall, a yes, tall man? Yes, I think he has the big iPhone. All right. Well... Here's uh, his, 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 uh, there was lots of tweets with China on the fucking drone, but we selected this one. Julie, if you don't mind, sir. Okay. <laughs> Here it is. Has anyone looked at the really poor numbers of Vanity Fair magazine? Way down. Big trouble. Dead. Graydon Carter. No talent. We'll be out. Okay. So on its own, this tr- tweet is pretty run of the mill. I always want to say treat. Oh, it is God. a treat. Oh my God. Trump <laughs> treats. <laughs> So it's like right of the mill. It's 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 regular Trumpian. It doesn't have the usual flair of, you know, calling someone an idiot or saying fail right. or, you know, fire Loser. them. Loser. Yeah. Right. So basically, though, the thing about this, which is so interesting and it goes so deep, honey. I know. You went so deep on this. I mean, it's amazing. So basically, Donald Trump and the editor of Vanity Fair, this guy, Graydon Carter, have actively been hating each other since the 80s. <laughs> When Graydon Carter, who's now the editor of Vanity Fair, he was then the editor of Spy Magazine. He wrote in Spy Magazine, he called Donald Trump a short-fingered <laughs> vulgarian. That's amazing. Okay, so that is amazing. we're obviously fucking obsessed with, and vulgarian yes. is our new read for oh, 2017. Oh, that's a new read. And uh, I wish that it was a character in Star Trek. No, no, I don't want it ruined. <laughs> we need it to be vulgarian, and everyone is now vulgarian. Oh, short-fingered it's vulgarian. so good. So now we know that when... Um, What's his face took that? Was it Marco Rubio that was talking about his hands? Oh, yeah. Uh They all stole that from this guy. Right. So he was the original thing talking about Donald Trump's hands. So basically, Donald Trump's been hating this guy for 30 years. It's been haunting him. And he's tweet talked shit about him like a million times. I mean, since like going back all the way to 2011, he would say like, sorry, Graydon Carter is a major loser. (laughs) Just ask his wife. (laughs) And I always think that stuff's so weird. And they've. He, I mean, he's tweeted a ton of stuff about Vanity Fair sucking and going under and his restaurants and being a piece of shit because Graydon Carter owns restaurants in New York. He owns, um, what was it called? Like the Waverly Inn and the Monkey Bar or something. Right? So yes. Trump will tweet shit about the restaurants. And they've basically got this this Twitter flirt fight going on <laughs> for the last 30 years. It's very homoerotic. You guys need to know. And so in the between these fighting, Trump, who can't stop focusing on the short-fingered vulgarian that mm-hmm. no one now even remembers. Right. He would take a picture of his hand. This is what Graydon Carter said. He would receive a manila envelope into his office at Vanity Fair. He'd pull it out, be a picture of it, which you know was hard because that back then he had to get out a digital camera. Oh, my God. He had to send Print an assistant yes. down to, you know, CBS. See, mm-hmm. So it would be a picture of his hand with a gold Sharpie because I'm sure only – Sharpies around Trump Tower are all gold, mm-hmm. circling the fingers, and it would say, "Not so short, are they?" Okay, and Graydon Carter just living it up, just cackling. 
probably getting a hard on. I wish that he's p- framed. I want that picture. I know. I want it framed. I know. And I want it in my house. We need that in the commercials instead of like commemorative plates. Oh we my need the god! Picture of the yeah, band. like please. Not so short. So, <laughs> so it turns out, um, with the restaurants that we know now, the Graydon Carter, they've got this fight, and the Graydon Carter owns these restaurants. So he sends. One of his reporters, a political reporter, not a food critic, okay? Right. We're not dealing with Ratatouille here. We're talking about a <laughs> political reporter, mm-hmm. this lady, something Nguyen, like, you know, like the guy from 21 Jump Street, that Vietnamese yeah, last Yeah, Paul name. Nguyen. Yeah. No, is that right? That, no. no. But this lady's like, let's say her name. Who knows what her name is? She's okay. Mrs. Nguyen. All right. But it's called Gwen. So she goes and does this, this expose on the steakhouse in the lobby of Trump Tower right. in New York. Right. It is, I read it. And I, as, as I read it you. too. It is honestly one of the most insulting, oh, scathing yes. pieces of journalism I have ever. It's not even, I, I mean, from the wall, she chewed up the scenery to the point of like obliterating it and setting on fire. Yep. Everything was disgusting Everything. and repulsed her and was beneath her yep. and ridiculous yep. and gauche and tacky. She made, she, and even disgusting. the like waiters, she would, basically was calling them dumb. Oh, yeah. Everything was dumb and idiotic, like, and the food was atrocious and food poisoning. She said it was the worst restaurant, possibly the worst restaurant in America. It's like, bitch, I'm sorry. Have, have you, you been have, to Olive Garden? Have you been to Bubblegum Shrimp Company? Have you been to, like, Neighborhood Buffet? I mean, Hometown Buffet. Oh, Hometown. Um, the title of the article is, this is Trump. Trump's restaurant's pro- possibly the worst restaurant in America. Like, you know what? It, it's so gross, and it so clearly had an agenda. Yeah. And I just got so turned off by it. So I go to read the article on Vanity Fair. This fucking pop-up window pops up, and it says, the magazine Trump doesn't want you to read. And then uh, you close that out, and there's a banner across Vanity Fair, every single page that says the magazine Trump doesn't want you to read. Their subscriptions skyrocketed mm-hmm. the day the article came out, and the Trump Trump tweets it. So all of his their you know their hits on their website you know exploded. And I just have to say before we go, this just reminded me, mm. really brought back a very special memory, mm. a couple years old, of when Vanity Fair was going to do this expose on Gwyneth Paltrow, like an unauthorized expose where they were going to put her fucking ass on the cover, probably with a bitchy look on her face. And it was a huge, because you know Vanity Fair, they love to do war and peace. Every article is like... <laughs> I know, they're tw- so long. It's They're so intense. It shows up at my door. I just throw it right in the garbage. Um, somebody <laughs> gifted it to me, and I'm like, I can't. It's too stressful. It's like reading a novel. Like, I'm not going to read 30 pages on like Sweet and Low. I uh, swear they did an article on Sweet uh, and Low versus Equal. I'm sure they did. So... They did this thing on Gwyneth Paltrow, and that bitch, it was supposed to be very, very, like, damning and damaging. It was going to destroy her reputation. Mm. Goop and all her dumb lifestyle cookbooks and shit. (laughs) Nobody was going to buy that crap because her, her, you know, inner devil cunt was going to be. I'm like, if if you don't know she's a cunt, where have you been living? Under a rock? I don't need a Vanity Fair article telling me motherfucker's a cunt. Uh So... She is like, nope, no, no. She gets every powerful person on the phone, email. She sends out a, a, a mass email that like circulated to hundreds of people that are powerful and is like, if you, I need you to boycott Vanity Fair. And if you don't, you will be done cut off from me and Blythe Danner won't be in your theatrical production that you're putting on. (laughs) Blythe Danner. Um, (laughs) And you know what? Chris Martin won't play at Super Bowl. Right. So she, and then, so she gets everyone to boycott Vanity Fair. Not not only that, she gets like Beyonce and Jay-Z her like godparents of Apple and Moses to say they will not go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party, mm. which Vanity Fair can live if they don't do their Oscar party. Honey. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Just, oh. That's how they brand their whole year. 
So they need Elton John with his big head doing all the shit. So Gwyneth Paltrow got the article killed. Wow. And it was, and then when I heard that, I was just like, this guy, you know, not that Gwyneth's not gross. Obviously, Gwyneth and Donald Trump, you know, are disgusting and terrible <laughs> and insufferable and awful and mm -hmm. creatures, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But this guy, Graydon Carter, is a disgusting asshole with a God complex complex who's using an elitist magazine to carry out his Machiavellian agenda and he's just as bad as gross as them. Yeah! All three of them need to go get kidnapped by Scientology and left on an island with nothing to read but Dianetics and goop. Fuck them all. Yeah. Fuck them. Each week, I give Julie the task of finding a so there's that moment in the new landscape of American government, something that gave her a little bit of hope in the hopeless pit of despair that she feels is the future of this country. Okay, meow meow. Now, what is your so there's that moment of this week? Well, this moment was very exciting. While Trump is on his thank you tour, Michelle Obama is on her fuck you tour. <laughs> and I want to take it. It was everything. So in case you didn't know, and it's been all over the news for days, Michelle Obama did an interview with Oprah, and in the interview, Oprah asked, do you think that you're, and you know what, well, let's just play the clip. Play the clip. Belief. Your husband's administration, everything, the election, was all about hope. Do you think that this administration achieved that? Yes. I do. Because we feel the difference now. Yeah. See, now we're feeling what not having hope feels like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hope is necessary. It's, it's a necessary concept. <laughs> and Barack didn't just talk about hope because he thought it was just a nice slogan to get votes. I mean, he and I and so many believe that if you, what else do you have if you don't have hope? Yeah. What do you give your kids if you can't give them hope? You know, our children respond to crises the way they see us respond. You know, it's like the toddler that bumps his head That's on the right. table and they look up at you to figure out whether it hurts. And if you're like, oh my God, they're crying. But if you're like, you know what, babe, it's okay. It's yes. okay. And I feel that way about the nation. I feel that Barack has been that for the nation in ways that people um, will come to appreciate. Mm. Having a grown-up in the White House who can say to you in times of crisis and turmoil, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's remember the good things that we have. Let's look at the future. Let's look at all the things that we're building. All of this is important for our kids to stay focused and to feel uh, like their work isn't in vain, that their lives aren't in vain. What do we do if we don't have hope, Oprah? I invite everyone to Google it so you can see Oprah giving you her Madonna blonde ambition tour <laughs> ponytail look. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're, they're, I mean, what can you say? It's amazing. And yeah, but then Trump in one of his thank you tours then responded. But before we, it's just, you know, the news went crazy. Everybody gets offended. Oh, right. You know, and they just blew it up into the biggest thing. Michelle Obama's just, just talking shit with Oprah. Yeah, yeah. And expressing yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, oh, oh, the first lady says there's no hope. There's no, we're living in a time of no hope. There's no hope. And it's like, you know what? 
Yeah, she was like, fuck this, man. Well, like, she's like, when is it? Are like, the movers, have they arrived? And so, sorry, but yeah, exactly. Here? But sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Like Obama's whole thing about hope and change and blah, blah, blah. Like that was a whole thing. And you can't, you, you have to at least agree that Trump's campaign and every single thing that they're standing for isn't about hope. No. So like, it's a completely different aesthetic. It's a different feeling. It's a different atmosphere. And, and She's half the saying, people yeah. are very, very, very disenfranchised and sad and scared. Right. I mean, the, uh, literally the opposite of hope. And it's just, yeah. It's a but all right. So, so where is your show? There's that besides Michelle Obama and her big fuck you. <laughs> yeah, which was <laughs> amazing. And so I love when she gets like that. Just just like all natural and real. <laughs> um, then to Trump's uh, credit. Credit. Excuse me. Oh. To Trump's credit. He then was giving one of his weirdo thank you speeches with his. USA Thank hat. Thank God that's over. Short, v- vigrant. What is this, what is it called? Vigrant? No. What, what oh, it's sh- short, vulgarian Vulga- fingers? I know. Sorry, my brain. I, whew, I can't. So um, he kind of said something nice in a weird Trump way. Like, he really could have gone for the throat there. He really could have been like, we have hope, and blah, 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 and she's a bitch, and blah, blah, oh, and blah. especially since the audience was sort of, like, all aggro against oh, Michelle Obama. Oh, and the second he said her name, they were like, boo. Yeah. Like, how can you boo Michelle Obama? So he said, listen, I just think, yeah, she just, what it's, it's the, she meant something else than what she said, and... He said he liked her. And she he was liked, really yeah, nice. Was nice too, I kind of liked it. I liked what he said. You're right. So I thought that was a cool thing for him to do. Um, so, uh, so there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Feel free to tweet us your feelings or your questions, and maybe, maybe we'll read them on next week's show. My Twitter is at Mr. Julie Goldman. And I'm at the Brandy Howard. And thank you to everyone who's listening and who's subscribed. We really, really appreciate you. Please take a second and leave a comment and a rating, even if you think we suck. Because you know what? A mean review is still a review. And that's important when you only have like 11 listeners. We have like 25, okay? There's there's like 34 reviews. Oh, then we've got at least 34 listeners. And also, just remember, if you do leave a mean review, I will fight with you. And I can get engaged just like Trump can in a very easy, I'm easily baited. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So bring it on. We'll be back next Tuesday with a very special holiday episode. So don't miss it. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But it's mostly been gay and dumb. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And please come see me December 24th in Philadelphia for the Mushu Jew Show. December 29th at the Duplex in New York City. And December 31st at the Raz Room at the Raven oh, in the New York, Pennsylvania. Honey, the plugs. You're, paying please. Us, you're paying us ad sales I now. know. Please I come $3. see me. <laughs> Hanukkah time and dreidus. And Christmas, oh Jesus.